everyone, welcome to Calvary Central. It's episode five, and we are so grateful for listening. And it's it's been amazing so far. Um, as I said before in episode two, and as has been said um so far, and I mean through episode one to four, we are talking about Hebrews chapter six, verse one to three, where we are bringing out the basic principles we believe every Christian should follow and live by. Um, today we are blessed to have a guest coming through from Zoom. This is the first time we are having a Zoom uh, meeting, and we are just blessed to have him on board. Um, could you please introduce yourself? Hi, guys. My name is Inoke Dunkwa, and um, I'm an old student of Enfanspem, completed UCC, um, did entomology and conservation biology, and I'm happy to be part of this episode. Wow. Thick, thick portfolio. Anyways, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed to be here with Kwame and Ken. And today we'll be looking at what we'll be looking at, Kwame. So we are looking at episode five, which we've captioned, and he gave gifts unto men. That's about the laying of hands. Yes, as Kwame said, we are going to be looking at um and he gave all unto men gifts, right? Yes. Yes, and it's going to be basically looking at the laying down of hands. The laying on of hands. Of hands. I'm sorry about that. All right. So um Enoch, would you want to begin with yes. tell us tell us something a little about laying on of hands? Laying on of hands, uh, as the name goes, laying on of hands. So it involves the hands, actually. And uh, literally, in the Bible, in Hebrews chapter 6, the Bible calls it an elementary teaching, yeah. meaning that we are supposed to know a lot about it as the basic thing. But we are supposed to know. It's as if you, you've not um, completed class 1 and you want to do something concerning differentiation. So... That's something a Christian has to know. And it's not something that started in the New Testament. It's actually yeah. started from the old down to the new. And we are going to look deeper into it. But basically, it's the laying on of hands. So it's a literal activity of putting your hands on someone or something. So in the Old Testament, um, at a point, they were laying hands on even goods. But basically, that is laying on of hands. Yeah. 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 Ken, would you want to add to that? Yeah, I think the underlying principle here is that one person can transfer virtue onto another. So the underlying principle is that virtue can be transferred from one person to another through the laying on of hands. So that's why if you look at the examples involved in this, we have the apostles laying on hands for what for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We have Jesus laying on of hands for healing the sick and all the other things. So the, the main principle and the main focus here is that virtue or that which a person carries can be transferred onto someone or in other cases, in the, for example, in the Old Testament, animals. Right. Kwame, what do you want to add to that? Yeah, and one thing um, Enoch also mentioned was about the scapegoat, which was yeah. the transference of sin. So the hands often in that transference of virtue, virtue being virtually anything. The same thing to when the patriarchs of old wanted to command the blessing upon... that The blessing was virtually the inheritance of the father. So he laid his hands upon the, the heir or the next in line and then they transferred. So it also signifies the transference of um, something from a person of higher authority to a person of lesser authority. Yeah. So that's also part of it. Um, from the the research and also the outline which we all have, um, it's quite clear that the laying down of hands, laying on of hands, I keep on making this mistake, significant in relation to um, transferring of gifts and things like that. Can you speak to that? What's that about? Okay, so um, 
as uh, my brother Ken made mention of something that virtue can lead one person to another. And with, with gifts, you should understand that God places gifts in men and also the Holy Spirit um, fills people. So the infilling of the Holy Spirit is more like an overflow where when the person lays hands on you, what the Lord has given the person could be transferred. But when we look at the New Testament, Paul said something really interesting. And he, he said he was, he was actually longing to see the people so that he can impart onto them spiritual gifts. And when you read Romans chapter 1, verse 11. Mm-hmm. So it clearly tells us that um, Paul had the desire to pray for them to receive spiritual gifts. And they pray for you mm-hmm. as in the lay hands on you, and the spiritual gift is being transferred or has been transferred onto you. It's more like a responsibility that God has given you. So Paul told Timothy that he shouldn't be in a haste to lay hands. Okay. Because he had, he's supposed to lay hands on men who would take responsibility, not just not just take it as a joke. Okay. So whenever anybody lays hands on you and imparts a spiritual gift, it's not just for fun. It's something you would have to take seriously because whatever had been deposited at that time is something God is expecting you to be a good steward of. Okay. Kwame, could you please add to this? Yeah. So as um I've senior said, you know, he said that um, it's a transference of responsibility. Yeah. So you see it in the case of um, Exodus and Deuteronomy, where yeah. Moses was about to die. Yeah. He said that Joshua was already a man of authority amongst the people, but his, the Lord commanded him that he lay his hands upon Joshua so that the transference of the spirit that was upon Moses would rest upon Joshua. Yeah. So that brings me to a certain understanding of that you don't lay hands hastily on anybody it just means that okay you must now know what you carry and give it to someone who understands what you carry yeah so laying on of hands now takes us to the arena of gifts yes gifts being the empowerment so charismata as ransford said in a a previous episode so the charisma or the charismata that's the greek so the empowerment that enables us to work like Christ because you can look like Christ, but it may not work like him. So what empowers us to work like Christ? So laying on of hands is one of, was in fact the primary medium for transferring of virtue, of mantles, of gifts, of anointings, and even of what we call in quote oil because when they were Mm. anointing kings, the people in authority, who was the priest, who was the spiritual authority, and then maybe the former king, if he was alive at that time, the spirit, um, the king who was alive at that time would also place their hand on the head of the king and they pour oil at the same time they are laying hands on him. So that was to signify what was going on. Right, Ken. So now we want to look at instances in scripture that talks about the laying on of hearts. So now Jesus, in Matthew 19 from verse 13 says, Then were they brought unto him little children, that he should put his hands on them and pray. And the disciples rebuked them. But Jesus said, Suffer little children and forbid them not to come unto me, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them and departed thence. So right there we have what? The laying on of hands. And in this case, it was what? The bestower of blessing. So he said what? Let them come so that what? he will pray for them or what? and bless them. That's why we have maybe people going to man of God, pray for me. I think people just take it to an unhealthy extent sometimes. But if it is in its right context, there is, there is, there is a, there's a place for it in, in, in Christianity. And also another example we can we can look at is what is in Acts chapter eight, 
in the, in the Bible says, then Philip went down to Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And after he preached Christ unto them, he says, well, then, what says, then apostles, John and what Peter, they came and what they laid their hands on them, that what they might receive what the Holy Ghost. And after they laid their hands on them, the Holy Ghost came upon them. And in Acts 19, we have Paul. So what have you heard, have you heard of the Holy Ghost since you were baptized? Then Paul laid his hands on them and what they prophesied and they were baptized in the Holy Ghost. And you have several instances in the book of Acts where, in this case, the laying on of hands was what it preceded what the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Okay. So just to bring clarity, so the former example you mentioned about setting apart of the men was for ordination purposes. Then the other part, you, the latter part you mentioned was about the baptismal purposes of laying on of hands. Yeah. Okay. All right, so um, I mean, right now we have established that this is a is a is a key in our Christian doctrine. That is, I answer a couple of questions I found in our research. So one question that came up was, um, for example, with, with the Holy Spirit, with the transference of the Holy Spirit, if if I may say, mm-hmm. someone someone asked me that. So if it, what he was taught was that once you become a Christian and you ask for the Holy Spirit, He would come upon you. So where is this laying of hands coming from? Are there two methods? Is there only one method? What is what is the truth? So, so Eno, could you help us with that? Okay, so um, yes, the person was right by saying that when you ask God for the Holy Spirit, he'll give it to you directly. We see Jesus saying that even if you wicked people know how to give your children food, you don't give them scorpions and snakes when they ask you for bread. Yeah. How much more would your father in heaven not give you the Holy Spirit? So it's something that is promised us nevertheless when it comes to laying on of hands there is an empowerment of the holy spirit he endows in a man of which if the person prays for you you receive it so it's not like it's it's that's why that's why we are calling it um, elementary teachings because it's not something we are supposed to argue about or make a law out of it yeah. Because in this sense, the person praying for you is not the one giving you the Holy Spirit, mm. but is that empowerment the Holy Spirit has endowed the person with that is being transferred so that the Holy Spirit can use you even more in that pattern. Mm-hmm. I don't know if 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 um the, my brothers will add more, but the, the little I would uh, I would say is that when a person lays hands on that believer, that person should be empowered by the Holy Spirit himself. It's not like um you are giving what you don't have. Mm. Mm. Okay. okay. So it's it's like I am empowered by the Holy Spirit. And in those days, you see the apostles being the people who are mostly doing it. Nevertheless, we also see a contradiction when we say it's only the apostles because we will see somebody like, is it Barnabas? The Bible described him as a disciple. Ananias. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, Ananias. Sorry. Ananias. Is that Ananias? Yeah, Ananias. When you Acts, open his eyes. Ananias, yes. Acts, yes, yes, yes. Sorry, you have, you'll find out that the Bible described him as a disciple and not necessarily an apostle at that time. But he was the one that prayed for Paul, the one that wrote 13 epistles. And, and he laid hands on Paul and his eyes got open. So we'll find out that this, this laying out of hands thing is, is mostly by directives of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. There are people who would receive the Holy Spirit, even if they don't get people laying hands on them. But there are others who would need the laying on of hands to empower them to receive. It's more like it should be done as an act of faith rather than a law that if you don't get this person to pray for you, you will never receive the Holy Spirit. All right. Yeah. So- so it even draws back from our previous episodes about what we're talking about concerning faith. And 
also to add to it, it just emphasizes on the point that when God sends you a solution to your problem, he sends a person. Because he says, there is this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency may be, excellency shall be of the power of God. So you realize that God will not neglect people in his agenda. Anytime God wants to do something on the earth, he needs a man. This is even why Jesus Christ, who was God, had to come as a man. Because the heavens belong to the Lord, as the Psalms say, but then the earth belongs to the sons of men. So, you know, God is not someone who break his protocol. So, he tells you that this laying on of hands is a communication that God will use men. That the solution that you are looking for is found in men. Even when God wanted to send revival, he didn't send a spirit or a wind. He sent a man by the name of John before the son of man came. So, it tells us that laying on of hands is just an emphasis that God will use men to communicate his purposes and to accomplish his directives. Okay, so I have a question, okay, to the house. So the question is about laying on of hands hastily. You get it because some people, they'll tell you that there are some people who are qualified to lay hands and there are some people who yeah, are not. Yeah, that's, that's actually what I was about. So the issue is, is does there need to be a qualification to lay on on hands? For instance, if um someone is sick and is close to you, that doubt about whether I'm qualified or not, sometimes mm, it, can, it comes up. It comes up that whether am I, well, am I qualified to lay hands on this person and pray for her or him to get healed? Uh, that kind of thing. You get it? Because Jesus himself said that I'm sending you out, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils, all that kind of stuff. Especially these three, heal the sick, raising the dead, that is other miracles and casting out devils. Does there need to be a qualification before you lay on of hands or what are the um, technicalities, for lack of a better word, when it comes to the regard of laying of hands? So this is to say Enoch and then also to the rest of the house. Uh-huh. Okay, so when it comes to laying on of hands, I believe that because um, it's not actually something that is laid down as a law, all right? Once you're a believer and you believe in Christ, when the opportunity avails itself, and at that particular time, the only issue I would have with you is if you are doing it out of, because the understanding should be there. Mm. You should understand why you are laying hands, okay? So if you are just laying hands because you saw somebody doing it or it's, it's for fun, that is not a good reason to do that at that time. But if you are laying hands with the understanding that I'm laying hands on the sick, believing God for healing, I'm laying hands on this person, praying for the impartation of the Holy Spirit. Nothing stops you. Nevertheless, in a church setting, we believe in order. Okay. Okay. So sometimes in a in a church setting, as in when service is going on, there is this tendency of some believers having the zeal to probably lay hands. And because it's a church service or a setting, we don't say you are not qualified but we just want order to take place. So it's like the man of God is ministering and you are also laying hands at the same time. It might in a way distract um, the man of God even ministering by him feeling that you are doing the wrong thing at that time, which would probably get him to talk to you and put you in order. It doesn't necessarily mean that that laying on of hands is the, the thing that was wrong, but the time frame which you were doing it and also, 
the, the, the issue of doubt is very key here because anything you do in Christ, which you doubt, is actually unbelief. And when, once you, you have unbelief, the Bible says, without faith, no man can please God. So once you are doubting it, it means there is something you should check as a Christian. So once you're born again Christian, the understanding is what you should be looking at. Because a lot of people go and lay hands. And at the end of the day, after laying hands, they realize that whatever they did was not out of understanding, but was because they wanted to do some. So the qualification here, if you would ask me, there is no set qualification that you should probably have a, a doctorate in theology or probably become a man of God in this setting or whatever. But the understanding should be there. Why am I doing this thing I'm doing? It shouldn't be by um, mere imitations that you saw this man of God laying hands and he threw his hands and five people fell under that anointing. So I'm going mm-hmm. to do some. You might as well be venturing into areas you wouldn't want to like, um, you wouldn't love to venture. You just want to do things out of understanding. All right. Ken, you wanted to add something? Yeah, and let's remember that we are talking about the basic principles of the doctrines of Christ. So let's tr- not, not try to make this so much of a try to expand it, try to get some technicalities associated with this. This is supposed to be as basic as it, as it came. Now, the, now, when talking about maybe qualifi- qualification in a sense, that might happen when you are commissioning or ordaining for service. In that case, you're not talking about qualifications per se, but we are talking about a system that has been put in place. And in that case, what the elders. So the presbytery, just as in Timothy's case, so it's there up the, put to flame the gift that has been given unto you by the laying on hands by what the presbytery. So in this case, it's not as if it was a qualification, but it was a system that was put in place for commissioning. And in commissioning, there's laying on of hands and those responsible were the elders. So once again, there's not really any qualifications per se, but in terms of commissioning or ordaining for service, there's a system that, that has been put in place and people are there to, what, to carry that duty out. That's the little I wanted to add. Yeah. Okay. And one last question. Eh? Today, they, I'm the one asking great questions. <laughs> so, um, this verse really, I I see that it's been causing a lot of confusion. First Timothy chapter five verse twenty two. It says, "Lay." So I'm reading from a King James variant. It says, "Lay hands hastily on no man, neither be partaker of other men's sins. Keep yourself pure." So, does it mean, in the sense that someone? Because I've been hearing this thing around. I want to see how true it is that you can partake of someone's demons in quotes. That if the person has a spirit of lust, you can lay somebody in it before you realize that there's a demon of lust chasing you in your dream kind of thing. Um, what's, What about this? Because I think if we clear up this question to really help a lot of people, yeah. as much as we've established that order needs to be understood. So, Senok, please, what can you say about this verse? Okay, so when when you take the verses in two parts, the first part has to do with the laying on of hands upon no man in a haste. So you'll find out that it first talks about carefully considering who you are going to lay hands on. Okay. And the second part talks about um, neither be a partaker of other men's sins and keep thyself pure. So it also, it, I think it's in three parts actually. So the person laying off on, on of the hands should also be a person who has actually fortified or set himself apart to serve God well. 
as I said earlier, you don't have to. With the issue of going to take up somebody's demon and all those things, it all has to do with understanding and your maturity in Christ. Now, demons play with your ignorance. Okay. Okay. So, um, a demon who knows that you don't know what you are doing would as well want to intimidate you after you have done what you did, you've done. Mm-hmm. We can see it with with the guys who went to ask the demon to come out, and the demon was saying. Jesus, I know Paul, I know who the are you. Of they ended up being lashed. Yes, they ended up being lashed. Not because they were not spiritual or they didn't have the zeal, but they didn't have understanding as to what they were doing. So when you are praying for somebody and it has to do with commissioning specifically, you would want to consider the person you are laying hands on and commissioning because that person is actually going to carry on an assignment and it's going to be a steward of whatever you are giving the person. So it's more like whatever gift you are imparting is supposed to be something you are giving. Is that conflict when you are praying for someone and the person's interest or the person's background or history um, is conflicting with the assignment the person is giving? At a point, you would even pray for the person and it, it turns into a deliverance instead of an impartation service at that time. So... <laughs> When you are praying for such a person and you realize that it's a demon manifesting at that time, you would have to have understanding as to casting out of demons and not going to pray for the Holy Spirit impartation when you are clearly seeing that this person has to get some form of counseling in that field. Because if the person is, is tied up with um, a bondage of lust in particular, and you are commissioning the person to become a church leader, and the person has not been counseled and taken through this procedure of casting out the demon or whatever, the person might as well be prayed for and will be battling his way in and out of whatever assignment or commission he has been given. Nevertheless, the person laying on, on of hands you can't tell me the demon would, would come and possess me having the Holy Spirit in me. It's supposed to be the other way around. It's supposed to be me, the one having the Holy Spirit, casting out the one who is having the demon in the person. But the worst could happen if the person who feels he has the Holy Spirit in him is ignorant of who he even is. That's when Galatians 4 comes in as heirs, and heirs so far she remaineth a child, different not from a servant, although master of all. So it means that your position of maturity and understanding of what you are doing still comes in play here. Or else you'll just be doing anything and find yourself wanting. Meanwhile, that shouldn't have been the case. Yeah, please, I think that, that's where I would, I would okay. end it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, a last question. Let's try and wrap it up quickly. This might be um, a little minor, but I've realized that in some churches, there's this um, doctrine of tapping. I, 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 you guys know what I'm talking about. <laughs> like someone is right. praying, like I tap in. What's that about? Is yeah. this is this scriptural? Okay, does it go to me or the house? Oh, everyone, yeah, everyone who wants to answer, who wants okay. to take it away? Okay, in I a, think in the concept of the concept of tapping, okay, actually started with with people getting to understand that virtue um, leaves a man of God or the man of God prays for you and sort of imparts something. But we should understand this clearly that growing in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ is not just a matter of the laying on of hands, okay? That's why the Bible is emphatic about the fact that it is elementary. You would have to learn scriptures and pray. Mind you, when we talk of impartation, there is the word part as part of the impart, meaning it's not a full package yet. 
Please do we get it? Yeah. So that whenever somebody prays for you, no matter who you are tapping from, it's not that day you tap that you have become that person in full. So that if, let's say, I get an impartation from the, the man of God I so admire, and he prays for me today, it's just like the person telling you, you could become a better version of this thing you have received. Go home and work on it. So your intimacy with the Holy Spirit after that time, you're building up with the word of God, your growth in the knowledge of Christ, your prayer life, your, your commitment to God should as well be in a consistent fellowship with him so that you would find yourself growing to become. Joshua did not become Moses in one day. He had to go through a process. And if we are not ready as young people to go through the process, and we want, we want a microwave kind of manifestation where right after praying for you, you start doing whatever the man of God did instantly. What will happen is that because you've not gone through the process, you wouldn't know how to handle it as much as it was fresh. Yeah. So it comes back to the point of understanding even why you are going to tap because excuse me, the person that is not palm wine that you tap, you understand. <laughs> you, just, you just have to understand that the whole thing is a serious matter. You don't yeah. just go there and tap. It's not palm wine. You go there and you 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 know that I'm going for this impartation to carry it across the nations and it's a serious business. So it's not man of godly hands for me and I'm done. I've tapped. No. Sometimes it doesn't manifest there and then you will impact and work on it because God would not do certain things for you, not because it can't happen to you, but because he even loves you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Imagine you are dealing with, with fornication in your local vicinity, whatever country you are, and you want God to take you to places where they don't, they don't care um, doing certain things in public when it comes to fornication. God would not take you there because he knows when you go there, you go and cause trouble. So some of the people tapping into international anointings are not going because they have not battled with their local issues, not because they, they can't go outside, but God will look at the process as much as he's looking at the impartation. Yeah, mm -hmm. thank you. All right, who else wants to add to that? Yeah, so, and just to also summarize my take from all this, that in fact, the tapping, some people tap, they want their benefits, but they don't want their responsibility. Yeah. And I believe that tapping thing came with when people began generally to have a perception of the story, especially of the woman with the issue of blood that she held the hem of the garment yeah. and she was made healed. That was actually an act of it. She knew what she wanted. Many people want to get the goodies, but they don't know what to have with it. So it's like somebody who wants to buy a PS5, but he doesn't know what to do with it. And the gifts and callings of God are a serious job. So people want a certain anointing on a certain man of God's life. Are you ready to have the responsibility that comes with that grace? So then we often hear this, Joshua Salmon, that sometimes when you see a great anointing, know that there's a scar attached to the anointing. So you must learn to understand the scar first before you understand the anointing. But people want to do take the anointing first and understand the scar later because people are busy holding it. So... This whole business of the gifts on the callings of God, on the laying of hands, it just now, as Ken said, is very basic, but it's also very serious because everything in the kingdom now has an, it leads to an agenda. It leads to an end. So if we don't want to appreciate the end of all things, then we might as well not be ready to lay our hands on certain things. So yes, that's what I'd like right. to add. All right. I think... Um, 
this has been an amazing conversation and I'm, I'm, I've been really blessed by it. So um, if you have been blessed by it, just send us a message on Instagram, WhatsApp, Twitter, and TikTok, wherever, and wherever you're listening to us, you can just leave a message or um, just reach us. And speaking of reaching us, we have our Instagram, our Twitter, and our WhatsApp too. So it's Calvary underscore central. The WhatsApp number would be in the description below. And thank you so much for listening. God bless you. And we hope you are going to join us on our next episode. Thank you and God bless you. Thank you so much for listening. This podcast was brought to you by The Milk Factory. Don't forget to share and subscribe. Have a lovely week. We love you and God bless you.